Welcome to the Inside Inside Sales Podcast with your host, Daryl Prale. Join us every week as we interview industry leaders and experts to uncover the ways they're finding sales success today. Tune in as Daryl brings you actionable strategies and tactics that can immediately increase your sales and success. It's another episode of the Inside, Inside Sales, folks. Did that wake you up, folks? Let me, where are you? I got to ask you a question. Where are you right now? Are you, are you out for a run? Are you driving the car? Are you lying in bed? The lights have just turned out. You've got maybe a headphone in or it's playing on a speaker. And then I just came out and went really loud. Isn't that freaking annoying? I hate people like me. Oh, I tell you. How goes your summer? How goes your summer? I was talking uh, to Daniel, my producer. I often mention Daniel. Daniel's like this hidden imaginary friend I have, but he really does exist. And he was sharing with me before we went live that in um, the month of July, as you know, we're, depending when you're listening to this, it could be the end of July, it could be the, you know, the beginning of August. Either way, you get the idea. Uh, the month of July has proven to be, for us here in Ottawa, Canada, uh, potentially the gloomiest the gloomiest July since they started tracking those records that suggest it's a good July or a bad July. And by gloomy, I mean a lack of sunlight, which is remarkable because uh, this being kind of like, you know, was this, this is summer number two with COVID where we can actually get out and about and have some fun. I've been hitting up my little cottage, my little, my, when I say cottage, just so you know, I don't, I don't, it probably sounds, you know, really, um, How's the word? Just annoying. My little cottage is just a little trailer, or as they like to say in the UK, a caravan. Um, on on, so it's a trailer. It's on wheels, right? And it's it's parked on a lot, and it's on a nice little waterfront lot, though. We get the dock and the little boat and everything else. Um, so it's nothing glorious, but it's my little piece of of, of relaxation in the summertime. And uh, and it's true, it may have been gloomy, but it's all about perspective, and. Uh, it's funny because I'm just so delighted to not be in the house, to be outside, to be able to walk and talk to my neighbors. Can you imagine that? So I haven't found it particularly gloomy. That's the thing. Eh? The one thing about life, the one constant in life is change. And, and we're seeing that, you know, one summer you're hanging out and partying it up and doing all the next summer you're stuck in your house. And the next summer you're just grateful to be able to talk to somebody. Change is the constant. I look back. I share this story, not to make me look old, but when I first got into marketing, the internet had literally kind of effectively just come out. I, I remember using uh, tools pre-Netscape to access the internet. That's And for many of you in the Gen Z generation, you're like, what's Netscape? Yeah, I get it. It's a browser, okay? It's the first browser. Um, but... Before that, all my marketing was done the old-fashioned way. We'd do direct mail. We would do bingo cards. You know what a bingo card is in the back of a magazine? A bingo card is when you literally, you see an advertisement in a trade publication, and you want to learn more about that product, and you take this card that's inside the magazine, you rip it out, and it's postage paid, and you check a little box that says, I want to see more information from the vendor on ad number 41 in the magazine. And you drop it in the mailbox, 
And that goes to the publisher and the publisher then sends it to you. They either pick up the phone and say, hey, John Doe wants you to call them or they might fax you a copy. That's that was the technology in the day. So then when Internet came up, I remember in 1996, my doing my first ever webinar and it was phone based only phone based only. And it was like game changing. Right. And the technology broke all the time. And right away, my reaction in 1996, when I was doing my first couple webinars, was there's got to be a better way. This phone audio sucks like you wouldn't believe. And we would sit around this little speakerphone, you know, on the conference table, clueless about things like echo and, you know, the dragging of the, uh, the speakerphone back and forth and how the audience would react to that. We had no idea how to produce stuff and the technology. So then we would, we would like bring stuff together to try to make this tech work. And that was really the advent when we started getting microphones and getting adapters so we can convert a phone line to an actual, you know, a preamp to an XLR microphone. So I could sound like a FM talk show host because in those days there was no streaming music. There was no offline music with my iPod players. It was just FM. That was their frame of reference. And you see here, but no fast forward you know, 20, 25 years. And here we are, everybody in the world are working from home and just doing their thing. And, and the whole idea of a traveling salesman, is just something you read in the history books is we're all doing everything by video, right? Everything's done by video and all the tech companies have gone through multiple booms because of the, how it's changed our life. The dot-com boom, as an example. Then you have generational products, like when CRM became a generational product with Salesforce.com. And then like when marketing automation, which never existed before that, became another generational product with companies like <clears throat> Marketo and, and HubSpot with massive valuations and how it just changed the games and how marketers work and how the dynamic between sales and marketing started to take place. And then you have more generational, uh, like you had contact data companies like Zoom Info and how that changed with intense signals and the cleaning and how you're scraping all the data from LinkedIn. And you had the proliferation of social media, which was never used before in actual any kind of, you know, prospecting. And then you had the proliferation of sales engagement, the next generational play. Gartner calls it an L1 must have technology play and then you've got conversational intelligence and the list goes on the one constant in life is change and i would contend that the second constant in life is that technology will always innovate how we approach our job and it will make us better if it's used for good but it can also be used for bad. So I thought, let's talk about tech because I, I see too many reps, A, either not understanding technology or B, abusing technology and neither one is good for you. So let's re resolve that. So who's the right guy? Well, you know him as Justin Michael. You may also know him as the co-founder at HypeCycle. And I love it because it's like uh, vowels are optional. You look at how he spells it. It's fantastic. But more importantly, he is the author of Tech Powered Sales, How to Achieve Superhuman Sales Skills. Just came out. This is dynamite stuff. You can buy it today on Amazon in paperback or in Kindle. The one, the only Justin Michael. How you doing, my friend? Life is good. Um, like I always say, living the life of a Don Henley lyric. Um, 
You can check out at any time, but you can never leave, right? That's uh, California and taxes. It's true, but can we talk about our dirty laundry? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he also said, let's kill all the lawyers, but that was actually William Shakespeare. And that's, uh, if you think Shakespeare was one person or a collective, that's another, it's neither here nor there. Um, but yes, I'm good, and uh, Cali is foggy. It is foggy. So there you go. So we're back to the gloomy July, but the brightness is technology. All right, I got to ask you. Now, folks, today we're going to have a, a, a – we're just jamming here. We're going to talk about technology. So we're going in lots of different directions. The whole point of the, today's conversation is about how tech can be used or abused, um, leveraged or detrimental to your success and what you need to do to embrace it or to not – Break it, for lack of a better word. But uh, Justin, talk to me about the book. Because what's interesting about the book, I mean, there's a lot of stuff about the book. Guys, read the book. I mean, I'm looking at it. It's got, literally, it's got five stars right now on Amazon. Isn't that crazy? Not like four and a half, not like 4.1, not like 3.9, five stars. So that tells you something. Now, there's no other book like this out there, Justin. Well, and I know you're the tech guy. You are like the guy. So, and you did this. You're the co-author of this, if I recall, with Tony Hughes, who's no insignificant player in the world of sales and sales training and sales development. Um, and for those of you who don't know Tony Hughes, where have you been? Um, so talk to me about the book. How's it going? What was the catalyst? And, and what's the reaction been? Yeah, so you frame this so expertly because I actually started in sales. You know, I was actually on the Internet uh, pre-Netscape as well. And, uh, you know. I had the opportunity to come up in like tech incubators in the mid 2000s. And then by 2011, I was at Salesforce Marketing Cloud. And one of the products that I was selling was Pardot, which was a, which is a competitor to Marketo. And yep. so for the last 10 years, I've been watching marketing technology and advertising technology just pulling ahead. I ended up working in mobile technology, selling analytics solutions and media optimization, media buying solutions. What happened with ad tech is, as you know, as a CMO, the technology became fully automated and then autonomous, which is an interesting word, which means with certain advertising programs on Facebook or across Google UAC, there's these different overlays where you put in, you know, a million dollars of spend and the, you know, <laughs> the algorithms and that they train themselves, they adjust the bids and budgets and it's, it's truly uh, space age. So I started to see how advanced the machine learning and artificial intelligence was uh, for MarTech and AdTech, especially in Tel Aviv and Israel with a lot of coders there. And I thought, why um, is some of the sales tech, I'm not going to name names, but when I'm doing sales tech, I was, there's a lot of hunt and peck and I need a .csv file, which, you know, comma separated file, value file, which is like a 1992 thing. And then I'm, you know, it's like there's this hilarious thing in the 90s called an FTP where you'd upload your data yes. overnight. <laughs> And you'd yes. wait for the data to download. And there's processes even today with sales tech where you're you're doing stuff from 1992 and your head's going to explode and certain vendors won't let you talk to the other vendors. And that's kind of the Steve Jobs strategy with Apple, right? But, you know, we all loved it, LinkedIn, but you, you really shouldn't automate LinkedIn and you can't get data out of LinkedIn. They don't want you to do it. So you have this whole Frankenstack infrastructure of tech with the core of it where it's closed. So it's really actually hard to do what MarTech does because MarTech and AdTech is all about open uh, APIs, application programming interfaces. So what I realized is that selling wasn't just a pen and a pad and a phone. Everyone I talked to had a stack. It was really strange. So I went out and I looked for a book, a book on revenue operations. 
Couldn't find it. A book Couldn't on tech stacks. It's not there. But incredibly, like dog years, the last seven years is almost a 20-year quantum leap for sales tech because in 2015, outreach wasn't even out. There were point solutions where you could have a template, right? There wasn't actually automated touch patterns or blended omni-channel touch cadences. Uh, a lot of big acronyms spewing, but what I'm saying is this world that we're in now where we have sales navigator, <laughs> There's not much on that. There's some social selling books. What about a world where you're sitting in Sales Navigator, you need an email and phone number, so you have to go to Zoom Info. Then you're not going to send emails one at a time, so you have to get a sequencer. Then we're in the pandemic and your manager has to hear you, you know, gong, exec vision, chorus, um, and, uh, you know, things like front site chat bots and things like intent data. And I couldn't find anything on it anywhere on the internet. And so I was talking to Steve Richard and he says, well, Justin, you're doing a lot of stuff with like the sequences themselves. So we went looking for a book that had the sequences and cadences and the actual templates of emails. And the only thing on the market is, is Josh Braun, his guide. There's nothing for material and publisher. Go to Amazon, type in revenue operations. You get four books. They're $90 each. They're independently published by some, I don't, I really know what, uh, who did that. I'm sure they're awesome. Um, put in uh, hashtag RevOps into LinkedIn, 600 followers, hashtag revenue operations, 850 followers. Um, I don't know where the LinkedIn content team is on RevOps, but it's the biggest trend um, in the next five years, and it's nowhere. So I found this guy, Brad Smith, who has a Slack channel called Wizard of Ops. <laughs> and I, you know, it's obviously in things like, you know, Revenue Collective, Rev Genius, Sales Enabled Society. I was going to all these private Slack channels asking around. Chris Ortolano has one called SalesStack.io. There's uh, Modern Sales Pros and Pete Kazanji. So I met everyone in the industry, and I was like, you know, I'm going to write this down. I went out and interviewed Hundreds of people looked at thousands of tech stacks, and um, the question was always like, "Well, Daryl, how do you do it?" Like Reese says, "Like, what's in your stack?" Like, you just walk me through, and it was never the same. It was it was always like, "Yeah, I use Sales Navigator, but I got this amazing VA, you know, in in India that you puts together these three different data source files." You know, there's always some weird little trick or setup, and that's I, I started to write it down. It's all it's all tribal knowledge, and so we sent it to the publisher. Tony was with HarperCollins Tier One. And we called it TQ. It was this thing from IQ and EQ. And they said, oh, that won't sell. So we ran, and we <laughs> ran a survey to 1,500 sales leaders. And it came back and they said, you know what you should call this book? You should call it Sales Hacks. Um, so when I saw the name Tech Powered Sales, it kind of reminded me like a Homer Simpson moment. You know, like the guy's oh. walking through the airport and sees <laughs> TQ and thinks, gosh, is that for taxes? Is that like accounting? But sees Tech Powered Sales. I need to power my tech. Like, wow, you know, like, it, so it's this super wide name. That's like a kind of like an obvious name, but the book is super technical and deep. And I think you'll be really surprised. There's stuff in here that's never been written down. That's the coolest part. All right. So, you know, it's funny. I want to do So before we jump into it even deeper, the one thing I'll say is, you know, Everything he just said, guys, is 100% true. For example, so Vanilla Sauce has been doing sequences to 2005, automated, exactly as he, but, you know, here is Justin saying there wasn't anything out there. Well, there was, but, but no one knew about it. That's the thing about tech, right? Until tech gets an actual, call it industry analyst approved category, and then get investors following it, investors taking place in it, it doesn't get any visibility. That's the hardest part is kind of for you, the user, discerning what tech do I work with and what tech is just going to be fly by night. So for us, when I came on in 2017, 
And then three months, I said, guys, we're in this sales engagement category. And they're like, really? And I'm like, yes, that's where we need to market all, put all the marketing behind to make people aware of you. That's the problem with technology is that it's, it's people like to bucket it. And if you can't bucket it, it's confusing and they ignore it. All right. So for our sales reps who are all listening to this, this is all interesting. This is a little bit academic, but this is a great history lesson. I feel really good about it. Why does tech matter to me, Justin, as an individual rep? Why should I care about it? Isn't that, like you, you mentioned RevOps, isn't I just show up and isn't that just something RevOps does and I just, I'm a good employee and follow along? Like what's the scoop in it for me? Yeah, so very much like the typewriter gives us the word processor or Henry Ford always said, you know, if he were to ask the, the customers, they would have wanted faster horses. Um, What's happening now is that if you're a sales rep and you're listening to this and you're sending email one at a time or you're dialing a phone one at a time or manually, that's that's medieval. It's the dark age. It's like the old west with dentistry. You know, you don't want you don't want to go there. It's it's literally a dinosaur. Um, There are technologies that are affordable for every seller to automate calling, meaning being able to call either faster or with local area presence. Um, ideally parallel assisted dialing where you're dialing four to 10 numbers at a time. The problem is that if I know strategic sales and I'm plugging into a parallel assisted dialer, I'm doing 200 calls in 90 minutes and connecting to 20 people. That's going to take you three or four days, or you're going to just hit a, a wide array of voice messages with emails. Um, you know, manually emailing with personalization or hyper personalizations, it could take eight hours to do 50 emails. Well, you can do 150 emails a day or 300 emails a day and personalize them using the techniques in this book. I'm not talking about spray and pray. I'm talking about high quality. So what I'm saying, which is controversial, is I can make calls at the same quality or better four times faster than manual and with emails uh, at least three to six X. So the, what I was seeing is, you know, I go in an organization and the rival sales team, the best company is five reps. Well, I'm as a single human outperforming my entire sales team and um, the uh, competitors in some cases in a niche, I have more pipeline than all the competitors in the space as one person, because it's what Thomas Tunguse says from Redpoint. It's like the operator of the future, right? You can, if you can expand quality and you can scale it, you see, you start manually and you figure out the subject lines and what to personalize and the verticals and the personas and you can you can slice it. There's a lot of upfront time to do this sometimes. But let me ask you this. Would you spend five or six hours configuring a campaign if it could save you 75 hours or if it could simulate the work of a team of 10 over three months and you could roll that out in six weeks? Some of it's just a volume game, you know, but uh, that's been the edge is you have a unique competitive advantage if you can master tech stacks. And here's the huge myth. I'm not a coder. I was just curious. I wanted to save time. This stuff is pretty intuitive now. The user interfaces are not hard. What Daryl's talking about back in the day, that this stuff is all not only unknown, the interfaces were often like, if you remember like old school email, oh. like exact target, oh. it's, yeah. it's like coding. It was really hard to use. There's <laughs> like formulas. It was like writing SQL. It was not friendly. Now you go into one of these modern um, sales engagement platforms or a modern dialer, you could learn this in two hours. You'd be quite right, proficient. So let's talk about a couple of things here. 
I love this conversation. So, folks, one of the things you've heard me hammer on over and over again is personalization, relevance, context in your communications. So you also just heard Justin say that you can go at scale and still achieve a lot of that personalization, relevance, and context. But, but, and he had a big caveat there, you needed to invest some time up front. True. Okay, so let's talk about that, Justin, because what I see over and over again are not just reps, but also sales leaders advocating for, you know, the prey and sprays you talked about, advocating for any kind of shortcut possible because they say it's a numbers game or using bots nonstop with no relevance, no personalization, no contextualization. And all it does is result in the buyers getting pissed off and the sellers getting annoyed. And then you have SDR shaming. And then you have buyers saying, why is there SDR shaming? You're the guys intruding on my time. And all of a sudden this, the, the people are saying this tech is bullshit because my conversion rates drop when I use it. And I bring it all back to bots and shortcuts and, People not doing it right. What's your take on that? Yeah, there's been this, this big myth, personalization at scale. What happened is in order to sell LinkedIn, um, there is a really cool gimmick. I can see common connections. I can see how many employees headcounts you're adding. I can see revenue increases, and I can see funding rounds. And we always see this in the curly brackets. Problem with them, um, when you're programming the curly brackets, they fail. The curly bracket fail. We've all had high first yeah. name. Yeah. Or, you know, I see company growth by X and you just see the programming and you're just like, ah, oh, I'm getting sequenced too. What Daryl's talking about is this new era of hyper-personalization or synthesis. A lot of the sequencers now have semi-automation where for the first bit, you would customize the first sentence. Um, so this idea to just log in, get a, a HubSpot template and just go at scale, that's a... Uh, not what you want to do, but they, it's a numbers game. I'm, 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 you know, I've had this conversation, dude, it's a numbers game. I'm sorry if I've offended you, but it's a numbers game and my numbers, my pipeline shows success. So until it stops, I'm just going to keep on abusing the system. The thing about the numbers game is that in a lot of enterprise verticals, you have maybe 3000 total accounts worldwide, even 500, even 200. I've worked in very narrow TAMs, target addressable markets. What I've found is a process called relevance at scale. I've actually advocated in the book a creed that says you should use smaller batches and more targeted and personalized. You can create sequences or cadences, flows, plays, whatever you want to call it. Uh, each vendor seems to have their own proprietary name for it. it that's 200 contacts. Well, what kind of contacts would you put together? If you're in e-commerce, maybe you have a sequence just to VPs of marketing then one to C levels. So what I do is I try to find groupings of 200 like individuals and then run messaging toward them. So I'll take a thousand people and break it into five different distinct touch patterns. I also use a lot of visuals. I use product marketing and emails and that's just never been done because the spam gate and pictures has been this myth that you can't send diagrams outbound which is true. It's a lot more common for in, in, uh, inbound where you have these HTML emails that are prettier looking. Um, the brain processes information 60,000 times faster when it's visual. When we look at all the SEO and SEM and all the stuff marketing is doing, spending in often hundreds of thousands of dollars driving MQLs and conversions to the front of site, usually every web page and SaaS company worth its uh, salt has some kind of visual page where there's like a, a graphic, 
schematic diagram. So I started putting Venn diagrams and product marketing and gifts and stuff that are visual representations to what I sell into the second or third touch inside the email threads. It started just converting way higher than plain text. And, and there's a company called Dogpatch Advisors that do this with code. They send a thousand emails and it actually, you know, they code the email to look at the website in advance and pull in a custom image and all this stuff. My techniques are, are hacks because it doesn't require you to code. It, it's, you know, everything is simplified and I wanted to give people systems to be successful with automations without having to get too deep into the weeds. So I love this point. And we've hammered this point numerous times on the cast, the podcast. Um, but I haven't said it in a while, which is ironic that you bring it up. Guys, hyper segment. And that conversation that sounds familiar if you've been listening for a while, hyper segment, because then you can hyper personalize the messaging. And then you can start to do exactly what Justin's talking about. It's kind of the marriage of tech with relevancy just by hyper segmenting. And isn't that worth it? Because remember, the whole point, you don't get paid, you don't get out of boys by how many emails you send. Although ironically, some sales leaders do give you out of boys for your activity numbers. It's not activity, it's outcomes. So what you, what do you want? You want a response, you can have a conversation, so you can move into the pipeline, you can close them. So hyper segment, love it. All right, so let's get down and pragmatic. I'm an individual contributor, Justin. What tech should I individually become proficient at or personally invest in so that I can be successful, regardless of what my company is saying or doing? I think the big miss here is dialers. If you can find a way to dial faster or dial more than one at a time, even if you have to buy that software yourself, it's really, really powerful because of the time saving. You know, I always was a full cycle rep. There was no SDR when I started 2006, I think it existed all the way back to 2002 in the Valley, but I was in SoCal. Um, the issue is as you become successful generating pipeline, you have a mid funnel and down funnel. You have a list of opportunities. Now you might be a pure SDR listening to this, but if you're a full cycle seller and that's sort of the trend, you're going to have less and less time to prospect. So in the one to two hour block that you actually have that day to call, you, you need to do it every day, like brushing your teeth. But imagine if you could have 100 or 200 dials in two hours, talk to 15 people live, um, get a few referrals, you know, and I've, I've done exhibitions where I've sat on this tech recently. So what I broke it down to in the core stack is people are really focused on the arrow and the speed of the arrow and the shape of the arrow, how sharp the arrow is, even the bow problem is targeting. So you have to get, you have really good data sources, usually more than one. So not just Zoom info, but lead IQ for cell phones, plus Lucia, plus Seamless, so having multiple data, data uh, vendors. It's critical that you have Sales Navigator and you know how to do targeting with it, that you have a data extraction from that, or even a VA or a virtual assistant layer. And then you have some kind of dialer, something that allows you to be a little faster with phones, even if you're leaving a lot of voicemails. And a lot of the major sales engagement platforms now have converged systems. Like I know Vanilla Soft has a ton of awesome uh, feature sets. You're looking for families of tech and then you want to master that. And so you want to have outbound email that's being automated and you want to have the ability to call faster. That's really big. And then what I would also do is just slow down. I would pick 50 accounts per quarter that you're going to completely manually go after hyper-personalized. Like these are the high level C levels. These are your dream accounts, your key accounts and go totally old school on those like an artisan, like for these 50 accounts, put them in the spreadsheet and don't touch them with tech at all. 
Go, you know, add on LinkedIn, look at their profile, write a personal message that looks like a text message, send them an email. You know, I mean, Daryl and I go back and forth. I don't send Daryl manual emails. It's, uh, you can tell it's a human, I hope. <laughs> um, but, you know, he's he's a chief marketing officer. I'm not going to blast him with a, some sequence. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something, you know, inter- like I just heard your show and I thought the word hypersegmentation was interesting. It really sounds more like a marketing term because we always hear personalization at scale. We don't hear segmentation and targeting, but he's absolutely right. That's a term from advertising. And it makes sense, you know, like on Amazon, you know, I, I like to jog. So serve me a running shoe, but not a track shoe. I don't sprint. It's very like, give me the exact kind of shoe, right? So if you know somebody uh, is in, you know, logistics and supply chain, don't give them a case study about MarTech. It's not going to resonate, you see? So I can go on and on, Daryl, but I, I think the main thing is phone, manual phone work. And, and here's the big thing. Reps don't want to use the phone. There's this big myth about cold calling is dead. I put my cell phone number into all the major data sources, all of them, like seven of them. I get hmm, two calls a month from Gong and Chorus, maybe Zoom Info. There's like three vendors in the world that call me, but my, my cell phone's in all of them. So where, where are the callers? I don't get the calls. Uh, I think if you're willing to use the phone, you know, almost, you know, zealously, religiously, you can have a, a major edge, even if you're just leaving voicemails. <laughs> so, so funny story. I actually had a, uh, a colleague, an industry colleague, uh, reach out to me the other day, wanting to pitch me, all cool. And he says, Daryl, of all the years we've known each other and gone back and forth and shot the breeze on social and other in the emails, I've never asked for your phone number. Can you give me your digits? And I'm like, oh, you mean the phone number that's listed publicly in my LinkedIn profile for all the world to see? And he's like, yeah, that one. And I'm like, okay, just there it is. Go grab it, man. Uh, oh, by the way, it's on my signature too. Have you looked at that? So that's Oh man, you're, you nailed it. You nailed it. You nailed it. Okay. So guys, we're out of time. Um, there, we can talk and talk and talk. And here's the thing. Justin is like the most responsive person on social media. It's freaking scary. Okay. So you need to follow him and then you can DM him if you want to, uh, and ask him any questions. You, he is so approachable, but if you're shy, if you're, if you're not feeling like having one more connection on, on, on your, on your socials, I get it. Do yourself a favor, go buy Tech Powered Sales Achieve Superhuman Sales Skills. It's out there, it's on Amazon, or you can get the Kindle edition. Fantastic. All right. I'm driving back to work again. I'm I'm back in my commute, albeit only a couple of days a week, but I'm back in my commute. And it's I love listening to books like Justin's on the Kindle. Because you know why? This is the best part. I can stop it, I can rewind it and say, play that again. And yet <laughs> I and I mean I sound stupid. I I gotta hear that again. So that's Justin. Uh, Justin, what's the best way to get hold of you? I know your phone number is on every single database, uh, but if someone wants to reach out to you and continue this conversation, what's the best way? Yeah, I, I, um, so my co-founder at HypeCycle, I have a B2B creative agency with Julia Nimchinsky. We, we uh, created some different environments. One is called salesborgs.ai. It's really her vision for a seller cyborg. It has a technology quotient test. It has the book. It has guides. So if you go to salesborgs.ai, that's a great place to find me. Just Justin Michael on LinkedIn or Twitter. And uh, I don't expect you to, to spell this necessarily, but um, I'm doing a lot with B2B demand gen now. And then you'll find tech-powered sales where all books are sold. Um, if you give me a review on the book, I will do an email teardown. 
So if you want to have me analyze one of your cadences or sequences for the individual reps out there, I'm sure you're building touch patterns. And if you want me to look at it and give you some advice, if you leave me a review, I don't know if it's fair to incentivize that. I'll do it. I'll do it if it's just you watch Daryl's show and you you, you liked it. Reach out to you because <laughs> I want to support Daryl. <laughs> That's the man. Go to you know the simplest way. I'm I just double check to make sure before I said it. I'm on LinkedIn and he's got his contact info. You click on there and there's websites, there's there's emails, there's everything. So that's the man. That's Justin Michael. He is the one. He's the only legendary tech guru rock star. Literally, <laughs> he is without peer in this industry on all these things. And you Too cannot kind. you cannot do your job without tech. So you need to buy this book, become his best friend. And go back to the phone. Hyper segment. The list goes on. Check it all out. In the meantime, that's him. I'm me. We're done. We're way over time. Be looking forward to a much less gloomy July and a much more powerful, invigorating, sunny August where you're going to take all the lessons you learned today and kick it into gear. And in September, you're going to watch your pipeline rocket. You're going to go crazy in the last quarter. You're going to hit President's Club and you're going to come send... Justin and I are out and saying it all changed here. My name is Daryl Prale. This, my friends, is the Inside Inside Sales Show. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Inside Inside Sales Podcast with your host, Daryl Prale. We hope you enjoyed the show. And if you did, we would greatly appreciate you taking a moment to leave us a review on the platform you're listening to the show from today. Also, please feel free to share this program with your friends and colleagues. Thank you. Daryl will be back again next week.